0: Two. Welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago, and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA.
1: That's right.
0: Confident start. Also joining us Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Bleep bloop. <laughs> sure. Joining wow. us all the way from Mercury, Tennessee, one of the passenger crash community really? Church, Lee Younger. Hey, folks. What's up? Well, should we
1: just make some sort of... Robot time. I was going to say,
0: neither Glenn nor Lee's intro was particularly um, articulate this week, but at least they were <laughs> words that formed a sentence. I
2: made bleeps and bloops, which are computer noises, and I'll tell you why. How are they? Because I declare an 8-bit gaming emergency. Okay.
1: Uh, I thought we'd just get right to the wizard. Care to specify? No uh is this a real emergency jim it's not but we're doing it
2: anyway (laughs) and you're gonna enjoy it
0: Uh, let's not let's not hold too high a too high a bar for the emergencies here (laughs) okay
2: look some unknown hero some masked man right or woman we don't really know or or a canadian sure you know we we may never know may never know some unknown hero has created the greatest Tumblr in the history of mankind. Wow. okay. I mean, uh, this, this was all is of the Is it Tumblr's. called
0: Glenn Starts My Show with Borderline Offensive Things to enrage the audience? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the Tumblr I start.
2: That is a good one. I definitely, I would do that. But this is even better than that. Oh, good. This is tumbler. Com. Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. All right, here's what we've got going on. Now, it's been a few months, but we actually put out really just more as a joke, more as a lark, you know, right. a goof, if you will, yes. than anything yes. else. A flight of fancy. Very well played. <laughs> that we would a best-
1: canard if, if we have to be honest no, excellent I think choice
2: too far yeah. that we would bestow uh, for life super fan status on anyone that could put us in a video game right all right oh that's true i forgotten all about that we said that thinking who who would possess the right. skills right who right, would possess right. the confidence right, you know
0: to, right. to who be would a- possess the raw amount of free time <laughs> <laughs>
2: Someone did. Whoa. That's what saythatvideogame.tumblr.com is. It's us in a video game. Whoa. And not just any video game. I'm talking 8-bit 1987 Nintendo goodness. Incredible. I'm talking about the Famicom here, people. I'm talking about screenshots. Now, Glenn, of course, comes first. Okay, uh, it, this That's seems appropriate to be kind of a, an old school kind of role playing game, you know, with sprites moving around, but like a uh, Zelda a type things, thing, dude. Very much like a Zelda type thing. Very much like a Zelda type thing. Now, Glenn, his I assume these are character classes, is a warrior on fire. Right. right? Okay. So, he has 479 hit points.
1: That's uh, a little low, but yeah.
2: He has 131. I don't know what that means. I assume these are magic points. Now, magic is of the devil and is a sin, therefore it must... It probably means mana points. Right. Because mana is good. Right. Okay. Um, Then we have Jed Brewer, whose character class is Dissenter. And that fits. That's right on the Really well. (laughs) I'm not, not nearly as strong as Glenn. I don't have as much mana as Glenn. I yeah, don't yeah. really know that I bring much to the table. Right. We have Lee Younger, character class pacifist. Wow.
3: That's kind of hurt
2: Comparatively. But significantly stronger than Glenn in the hit point.
3: Oh, well. That's... I mean,
2: really significant. Like 20% more than
3: Glenn. I'm, st- I'm pretty good, I'm, dude. I'm still offended. Well,
2: I think
1: he I should mean, be. I mean, is he really doing anything with it if he's a pacifist? I mean, <laughs> exactly. What, what, would, well, what would be the point? So it's the
0: Rooseveltian walks softly and carry a big stick. Let's read yeah, on and find out. So. Matt King, sower of seeds. Excellent Still not choice. sure that's a double entendre.
2: <laughs> now, <laughs> what happens in this game is that
1: cyborgs... Uh, let's
0: point out that um, I have by far the least hit points, mm. and I don't know what hit points are.
1: Also, your background is covered with little hearts. That, those two your, things may your, be related. And your character.
0: Yeah, so what happens in this game is cyborgs
2: attack and then we fight them, um, and they use do? they use weapons like prosperity. Um, but here's the thing that does concern me. I mean, we want to be clear here. Some artistic genius, mm-hmm. labor of love, no question, for life, super van status, so. And we don't know who this person is. Right. I mean, we'd love to honor we them. We have
0: theories, but we don't want to out anyone for really the massive waste of time this will end up being in the long <laughs> run. <laughs>
2: right. Exactly right. But there is one thing, there is one problem here, and that is the final screenshot that they've created for us shows both Glenn and myself as dead at the hands of the cyborgs. Wow. Yes. Wow. And that, gentlemen, that deeply concerns me. Because I feel like, is this person trying to send us a hint?
1: Yeah, are they trying to say, like, we couldn't handle it?
2: I mean, like, okay, so it gives, you know, kind of the way these old, you know, RPGs would do. It, you know, it gives kind of a running, you know, thing with the combat. And the last thing it says is, Glenn Fitzgerald wishes you had more faith. And that's yeah. that's true. Right. He does. But is there a message there? Well, I do right. like
0: that... <laughs> Digital Glenn's final act would be that of petty passive aggression. <laughs> yeah, that I kind of like. Just Maybe if had you more had faith. more faith. <laughs>
2: uh. Now here's the other thing, though. Let's dig deeper here for a second. Lee oh, and let's. Matt are both still at full hit points when
0: you and me are right. dead. It's like right. they're
2: not back in our play at all, dude. I, I'm they, a I think we
0: found. I think we know who the cannon fodder on this podcast is. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's like. Why
0: don't you guys go first? See how it works out.
1: We're engaged in the battle. But somehow these two are not in
2: any way involved, see? It just hurts, man. It just hurts. And nobody has used any mana points. Uh, I mean, hello? Surely mana would help in this, I assume. Uh, 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 absolutely. Yeah.
0: Jed, it seems like you've gone full nerd on this. Okay. By which I mean someone took time out of their life yeah. to, make a, to mock us up scenes of us in a video game. And you've got complaints about gameplay. Look, I do
2: have complaints about <laughs> gameplay. Yeah. Gary Gygax would not sign off on this. Okay? That sounds like a name you made up. Right. No, that's actually the guy that invented Dungeons and Dragons.
0: Mm, still sounds like a game. Still sounds like a name Nerd. you made up. Nerd.
2: Dragon Lance. <laughs> Ooh, <they're dumb. laughs> Look, you can curse.
0: How, how's the uh, how's the Hearthstone going over there, Glenn?
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> I play one game of Hearthstone on my phone. <laughs> I've never heard the end of it from these nerds. But here's the thing: <laughs> is uh, first of all, uh, a video game wherein it's possible for me to die at the hands of a cyborg is a concept I'm, you know, just not feeling comfortable with. Right? You know what I mean. Uh, is, you would
0: prefer to start off in some kind of. Contra code invisible mode. Well, well
1: played. Uh, 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 once again, the, the nerdum is is that deep and that thick that that uh, one could cut it with a knife. And you've left me behind.
2: Up, up, down, down, left, left right, left, right, left, right. B, B, a start, uh, <laughs>
1: Glenn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, you know uh, what I did when I was young is chased women.
0: But um, well, Glenn, my Nintendo never set any of my clothes on fire. So <laughs>
1: that's true. That's, that's a very fair judge? point. That, that's a very fair point. The, the Nintendo was always your friend. That's true.
0: I never had to switch schools because I angered too many of the Nintendos.
1: Yeah, you know it's, uh <laughs> these things happen. But here's what I'm saying: is uh, people are getting caught up, right? You know what I mean? Right. They're getting carried away. Yes. They're, they feel like...
0: They're, get, they're getting caught up in the web of fantasy, fantiful magic that this podcast weaves. It's
1: basically like a cosplay fan fiction right.
0: thing. Right. We're, 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 I don't we're, think it is, and I don't think you know what either of those things we're, are.
1: I, I really don't, but we're delving into the world of uh, fantasy. Right. You know, they, they're, they spend a lot of time thinking about Fantasy Jed. Right. And Fantasy Glenn. And
0: them
2: being dead.
1: And them being dead, which is not the only people who've
0: ever spent time fantasizing <laughs> about YouTube jokers meeting your demise.
1: That's super true. That That's going to get true. into one of our questions tonight. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, we you know we've been talking uh, several episodes in a row, and it's 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 got people like super fired up, right? That uh, we're we're working on a project to combine all four of our DNA <laughs> into right. a giant genetically enhanced. Super baby.
0: Okay, there was one truthful thing in that, and that we've been talking about it a lot. We're not working on it, nor is anyone excited about it.
1: It will be a four times the size normal baby, because it's got four DNAs. Sure, sure. That's just math. (laughs) That's basic science. Okay, but what... People see what
0: happens when you write in with the most modest amount of scientific data to back up Glenn's wacko theories. Okay, but
1: here's the thing. People have already started... Putting videos right. on the internet's right, trying to depict what the super baby would look like.
0: I wow. don't think That's they have. Buddy. True official New Zealand fan Miss Brighty. Really? Some, yeah, you know, you some gotta like look program it up. or something that mashes on, up faces or. something. it Twitter? She I think yeah. she tweeted at Glenn. Let me see my. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's horrifying. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, well, that's,
1: that's you, really my favorite kind of thing. You know, it kind of combines all of our faces and whatnot. Yeah, it basically
0: took four still pictures of us and kind of goes through a couple morphs of mashing them together. And it's, um, it's a little tough to look at. Well, it is. Yeah, it also comes with sound. I think Lee just found yeah, it. Yeah, I
3: just found it. Oh, this is I'm trying. This is rough. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll try to
0: remember to post this on the timeline. Whoa,
3: the the <laughs> yeah, that's really something.
1: Well, and here's the thing: is you know, pe- first of all, let's be clear the the baby will not look like the four of us put together.
0: No, that would be the crazy part of this. Okay, it's a baby.
1: Okay, so it's going to start off looking like a baby with a fully grown beard because of uh, Matt's DNA. Um, <laughs> as you know, Matt was born covered in fur, so um, <laughs>
0: that's one of the truer things you've said in this unhinged they, rant. They
1: they shaved down everything with the beard, and they just they kept it, and that's how we got Matt today. But here's the thing that we're you know is people are getting carried away. They've got their their you know their video depictions. Okay, of, so you've
0: got a plan to birth a in your mind Godzilla sized super baby, right? And the people with the videos are getting carried away.
1: Right. It's like when they're gonna do uh and, and, and Lee, I want you to get in on this. Yeah. It's like when they do a new uh uh phone and they do like a <laughs> mock ups of what they think it might look like <laughs> and what it might do. This is just like that.
3: Yeah, I mean you gotta wait till the actual product comes out, you know, right. to not be carried away. Well, my thing on this is is there a point where our fans become like like they're such so, you know like Star Wars fans you can tell how much uh-huh. of a Star Wars fan you are with by how much you hate George Lucas who invented Star Wars like is right, it possible right. that say that fans become That
0: is the most white male internet thing I've ever so heard. So here's the yeah. thing
3: is can you can can our fans become so uh engrossed in the fandom that they actually start playing the say that video game and they go off of the podcast cuz they're just engrossed in the video yeah. game and they don't even they don't even come to us for the wisdom now they're just they're just playing the video game
1: yeah i think you're that's that's what we're headed for this is a crisis we're dealing with
2: well, I think this is the key thing: is someone did something nice for us, and we found a way for it to be awful in every possible way. Yep. So, on that basis, I definitely declare a video game emergency off.
0: Now, I would like to be clear as we come out of this emergency. If you go to say that videogame.tumblr.com, you will find all that exists, which are still image mock ups. This is not a playable game yet. I want to be clear on that? Yet, we don't have that kind of R and D money. We do have Bridgebox, Ooh, and maybe if oh. enough people give eight dollars a month. We can develop this video game. Wow. Probably not though. We'll probably keep helping out, you know, people in gangs and uh behind bars. But you know, maybe if we got enough surplus laying around one day, we'll stop hiring we'll 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 have hired all the part time workers from the inner city we need. Right. And then video game money. Stretch there goal. You. Stretch goal indeed. <laughs> Stretch goal, yeah. Oh, that is a deep indie musician joke right there. All right. If you you want to sign up, $8 a month. Support the ministry we do. Don't support our cockamamie ideas. We come up with those all on our own without any support or encouragement needed. Yeah. What does need to find your support is work we do with folks behind bars. In uh, in street gangs coming out of addiction, getting them hooked in the local church, what our bridge program is all about, it's what Mission USA is all about. You can sign up missionusa.com slash bridgebox, and get a lot of cool stuff for yourself in the process. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you have this all the way to the end, I will give you those addresses where you can get in touch with us. First question comes in anonymously to our Tumblr box and it says Theologically, why was it necessary that Jesus be perfect? Couldn't there be another ordinary human who said, I will be the sacrifice and take on all the sins of the world, past, present and future and suffer and die as a substitutionary atonement for all of mankind. Mm. Why did it have to be Jesus? And why did it have to be a perfect Jesus? And Lee, you want to start us out with some of the basics here?
3: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks for writing in the question. I think one thing that we should kind of say as an umbrella over this whole thing is that the, the atonement is, I mean, you know, how God pulled that off how how the, the they worked that out in in the heart of the trinity that, that it is a deep mystery and anybody that says they've got the whole thing locked down figured out um there there's going to be more to that but i think that one thing that for me has always been a helpful foothold in understanding this particular part of the question is that we owed a debt and that it had to be jesus who paid because it was a debt of wrong that we owed, and the thing about a debt is, the only person who can actually, um, uh, you know, fully forgive a debt is the person to whom the debt was owed. So if I owed Matt a hundred bucks and and you know and, and I couldn't pay it back, and then he finally forgave that debt, that just means he's out the hundred bucks. He's assuming the debt, and that's what it means to forgive it. If God is going to forgive us, then He has to assume. The, the penalty of that debt. He has to assume it. And so the only one who could pay the price to set us free and to forgive us was the one to whom the debt was owed, which was God himself. That's why it had to be Jesus. And he had to be perfect because he couldn't pay for our sin if he had his own sin to pay for. Second um, Corinthians chapter chapter 5, verse 21 says that he God made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That's a deep, profound, Transaction that's happening there, but part of that is that God Himself is is uh, has come as a person to assume the death that we owed. In other words, giving you know so that we have the possibility of being forgiven. Now, and I think the thing that's really cool about this for me, anyway, is is you know knowing that this is a mystery and knowing that it goes beyond my ability to understand it. Is and, and you know looking at the fact that Jesus pulled it off. I mean, he actually lived a sinful life as hard as that must have been, as crazy tempting as everything is every single day. He pulled it off out of love for us. And just to, uh, and just to kind of think on that and, and to let that thought you know, um, increase my loyalty to him, my love for him, that, that he actually pulled this off because that was the only way that we could be forgiven is if he made it to the finish line.
0: That's absolutely right. And Glenn, why don't you kind of pick up on maybe some of the underpinnings of this question?
1: Well, yeah, I mean as 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 Lee is saying, uh, you know, there uh, part of uh the idea here is goes back to an old testament idea that uh you would you would have a uh lamb that you would sacrifice if uh, to be an atonement for your sins. If you sacrifice a lamb that had a flaw in it, that's an animal you would normally be culling out of your herd anyway. Uh, if you had a lamb without blemish, that's... A the, sacrifice. That's a, that's what you're hoping to have, and now you're sacrificing that. That's a big deal. Um, uh, likewise, uh, Jesus not being a sinner and being our perfect sacrifice kind of fits in with that. That's the... Theological answer that's the Bible answer that's the correct answer to that um, the the follow up question I would ask you is okay now what question do you really want to ask <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: because here's the thing and and, and let me get, let me let me give a, some good perspective to you on this in the uh, ocean liner of Christianity, uh, the people that you're talking to on this podcast are the ones in the engine room in the jumpsuits, covered with the grease, trying to figure out how to keep this thing going and figuring out what's going wrong, and it's about to blow, and a lot of that. Yep. This is a kind of conversation that takes place on the promenade deck. Right. Yeah. uh, With the people who are actually not involved in the actual anything. So, um... Uh, it, it, and uh, more often than not, for us in the counseling situation, uh, I mean, I I think sometimes there's an assumption that people like us sit around and talk about this kind of stuff, which we n- never would. Um, uh, but I think uh, there there may be an assumption uh, or, or or a sense that you are asking this question because you have a deeper question that you yeah. don't you feel comfortable asking or you're not ready to ask or there's some other issue uh, underlying that, uh, we'd love it if you'd write that in. It's okay sure, to yeah. audition us. It's okay to ask us uh, theological questions and watch us tumble around and say, I don't know, because we're engine room guys, dude, and that's uh, the this is the best we can tell you. We, we don't get invited uh, to the meetings where they decide all these things, as Lee often says uh so we're we're uh uh I'll, i just i just go with whatever i'm told on this stuff uh so i don't have that fancy of an answer for you, but I can say that we super duper extra uh strong care about you and about your situation and and we here's the deal is we would much rather talk about. Uh, the guts of what's going on in your life right. and the nitty gritty details. Believe it or not, I care way more about that. I'm way more interested in that than any of this kind of stuff. So so I would encourage you, you know, to um you know, maybe there's a deeper question that absolutely. that you'd like to ask, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's possible. We get we do get questions on the blog and for the podcast sometimes that are just uh hey, I'm new to Christianity, or I've always wondered about this, and here's a weird thing, and why is it this way? And it's possible that this is that, but um, in general, we would look at kind of what Glenn would term the question behind the question, and Jed, why don't you take us a little deeper into that?
2: Well, here's one thing that comes up a lot when people are are asking questions like this, and that is um, church people were really mean to them when they Mm -hmm. were growing up, and they're trying to find a way that those people are wrong. And the thing to know is, if they were mean to you, they are wrong. Yeah, right? It, it it doesn't matter what they claim their theology is. Um, if they call themselves Christians and they acted like a jerk to you, they're wrong. Right. Um, it is not really a theological issue,
1: and and you don't need to be arguing their theology with them on I,
2: that. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I was talking one time with a gal who um, she is not a religious person in any way, and her and her husband would consider himself an atheist. But she found out what I did for a living, and um, you know, she asked, uh, you know, well do you do you ever have atheists show up for services at Cook County Jail, like you know, that are inmates? saying said, no, not Not really. I mean, you know, the huge vast majority of guys we have believe in in God in in some way, but, you know, I mean, they're not sure what they want to do with that. So, okay. What she was trying, what she really wanted to know is what would you say to my husband? That's what she really wanted to know. So she danced around that for a while, and then she finally says, okay, what would you say to my husband? So here's what I would say to your husband. I think you deserve to decide what you want faith to look like or not look like in your life on its own merits and not as a reaction to religious people and their nonsense. Right. If you look at it and you decide, I don't, I don't buy it. I just, I don't think there's an invisible dude in the sky and I don't want any part of that. That's fine. But it's an important enough thing. It shouldn't be just a response to the fact that religious people were jerks to you because that's not fair to you. That's letting people who were jerks to you ruin this thing for you. That, that's actually what that is. There are billions of people throughout the earth who find solace and comfort and hope and inspiration through their faith. Billions of people. The idea that you would let someone be a jerk, not that you would let them, that they would be a jerk to you, and then you would let that ruin the whole of spirituality for you, that's giving those people way too much control in your lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, just just way, way, way. I want to circle back to this, and I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Here's the key thing. If someone has been a jerk to you or to someone that you love, they are wrong, Period. It doesn't matter what their supposed theology was. It doesn't matter what their statement of faith was. It doesn't matter what seminary they went to. If they were a jerk, they were wrong, full stop. Right. Um, we, can, we can figure out on another day uh, whether or not um, uh, they, they hold the right theology. Here's what the Bible says about it. Jesus said, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a millstone tied around his neck and to be thrown into the sea. That's what Jesus said about people that would mess with you trying to figure things out with the Lord. That's how God feels about it. That's how we feel about it. We've got your back. Now write in the question you're actually wondering about.
0: That's a fantastic point. I will go, I will take the other tack on this and make the assumption that you are just asking a thing you're curious about and it's never made sense to you. Uh, Lee pretty much summed this up at the beginning, but I'll just reiterate that um, it had to be Jesus because that's the only way it would work. We know it's the only way it worked because that's the way it happened. Yep. And if you're an omnipotent, omniscient being, it turns out your plan is the plan. <laughs> now, we we can read, we can, God reveals to us in Scripture some of the reasons that is, that, you know, God paying, the only thing that could pay an eternal debt is an eternal being, so it had to be God, as Lee pointed out, you know, if there was, if Jerry was nailed to the cross for all of our sins that wouldn't work because Jerry would have his own debt of sin to deal with, which is infinite. We yeah. all owe an infinite debt to to God. So I can't pay my debt and your debt. I can't even pay my debt. So it had to be, a, as Lee is saying, it had to be kind of within the the heart of the Trinity working this whole thing out. So that's a little complicated. There's a little mystery there, but it moves forward. It says, you know, it says a couple of things. One, it's, we God wasn't picking on Jesus. This wasn't right. a mean thing. This wasn't a, you know, the one guy who did nothing wrong, that, there's a certain amount of injustice to that, but there's a, a very bumper-stickery phrase, but it is true. And Jesus wasn't a victim. He was a volunteer. Another reason on this is no other being in all of creation could comprehend what it means to take on the sin of all humanity. Yeah. Any other created being to take the cross would have had to been lied to a little bit. Yep. Jesus was the only th- person, whoever walked the word, who could actually understand what it meant to do what he was going to do. So that tells, again, ways we look at these things that tells us about God's character, that tells us about Jesus character, but we look at these basics, basics, then it's kind of time to move on. Yep. Yeah. You can look theology. It's interesting to some people, not really me, but some people, you know, they like reading it. They like, you know, it's it, but it's a hobby. In right. the same way that Anything else is a hobby It actually doesn't make you Any more Christian It doesn't yeah, make right. you Any more effective at ministry That's definitely true It doesn't increase Your understanding of the heart of God Some of the most Brilliant th- Christian Or th- th- people who do The theology of Christian stuff In the world Are not believers And would right. tell you they're not What they are Is very smart Incisive um, Textual analysts Yeah right? Right. But that's, that has nothing To do with faith That has yeah. nothing to do With ministry So you say look What I understand about this Is God loved People enough to pay this debt. Jesus served people unto death. I can take those basic things, I understand, and I can go out and apply them. Yeah. And then I'll come into some problem where I want to choke this person, even though I'm supposed to be loving them, so what do I do with that. And then I can go to God and get wisdom on that. And that's how actual kind of growth happens is that kind of um a laboratory as opposed to a classroom. You gotta get out there, you gotta try what you know, trial and error. Then you come back. And once you've done that, you will read the same story, and it will mean more to you. What you don't do, and what some people try to get away with doing, is just reading all the theology and getting all the the book knowledge, and then assuming that's going to give you a giant head start if you, at some point, deign to go into the world and actually deal with people. That's really not the way it works. It's really, those things are meant to work in concert. You have some, you have knowledge of scripture, you are praying to God, and then you have your own experiences and all those kind of feed on each other as we're going forward. All right, so we'll move on to our next question here. Also came in an honest with our Tumblr and it says, is it wrong that whenever I attend a church or small group or any Christian event with girls, my age that I always look around at them. Mm. I can't concentrate on talking to dudes or singing songs to God. I keep looking around for girls. I'm looking at some new campus fellowships and churches in my area. And the first thing I find myself doing is looking at pictures to see if there are girls. I know this is wrong, but how do I stop? Glenn don't to start us off.
1: Oh, honey.
0: Oh, the voice of a man who's been there.
1: Yeah. Here's what you need to know. Every other guy, every other gal that is in these groups is doing the same thing. Yep. (laughs) Okay, here's the thing. If you were only going to these groups looking to hook up with someone, that would be bad. Yeah. It also would be a bad place to start looking you'd be better off just going yeah, to Yeah, There actually are
0: establishments or... that are all about that goal.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> you know, you just you would just not be very good at it th- at that point. Uh so um the idea of looking to meet and date a quality uh Christian gal and uh to find a place where you can have uh you know some worship excuse me, worship time and fellowship time. Uh, and do all that together is fantastic, totally I think it 's great um, I think it 's great that you 're saying to yourself, you know um, i don 't think a, a a a person who doesn 't share you know, if, if i 'm looking at all these pretty ladies all over the world, but that they, they don 't share my faith and that i don 't think we can be compatible and I need someone that I can build a life with, and I know that 's got to be a, a woman of faith and I look around and there 's so many beautiful young ladies uh and many of them have such a a, a, a solid and a, a sincere faith uh i think it's great that you uh appreciate that i think it's great that you're attracted to that i think it's great that um that that you can see the beauty in that and uh and i can't emphasize this enough everyone else is doing this yep uh, you you kind of wouldn't be human, dude, if you weren't doing that. <laughs> yep. Here's the thing, I you know I I have a, a blog on the old
3: Tumblr
0: there. It's very popular. Thank you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wish you could have prepared. seen Glenn's face when he paused. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was prepared to wait as long as it took. <laughs> anyway. it's but thank you for saying that Matt it's a, a, a spontaneous i i'm glad that my
0: about to say I'm glad that my genuine and spontaneous compliment landed
1: <laughs> yes uh, here's the thing is uh, my very popular blog that I get a lot of questions about this, and i uh, slowly but surely, I've gotten the impression that they're all living this bizarre lie that you know we met. Then we became friends. Then one day we're like, hey.
0: Then two years into friendship, I noticed that they had secondary sexual characteristics. Yeah, you have boy
1: parts. I have girl parts. Crazy
0: coincidence. What do you that? say
1: that now that we have had no physical attraction to each other, let's build a relationship on that? <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is, I mean, cancel it out. Listen. There's nothing wrong with being physically attracted to someone, and you and they happen to be in a Christian meeting, and you're thinking, "Boy, there's a good chance that she loves Jesus," and that would be great because she's very hot, and I'd like to get to know her. And yes, you know, you gather, you know, friendship type details and all of that. Uh, but the idea that you are attracted to someone's faith. Yep. and then you become friends and then later a, a, a physical and sexual thing happens out of that is not how human relationships work <laughs> yeah that it's i don't care how holy you describe it and i don't care believe me i, I look i love you guys and i don't want to bruise you on any of this stuff i know Every one of you hearing this has heard at least one youth rally speaker, youth ministry person, youth volunteer. You've read one book. You've heard someone give the dramatic testimony about me and my wife and how we were friends for five years. And then one day we decided to date and then we realized it and then we fell in love. And then, hey we like kissing and then we immediately got married and then we had babies and that's a really cool story and i'm glad that that seemed really christian to you this is not how it works so let's let's start by that taking, is either
0: the incredibly rare exception or a lie
1: exactly right so let's start by uh, i'm going to kick it around with these other guys but let's start by taking the pressure off of you and yep. you beating up on yourself with
0: that well i would that's a lot of really good stuff i would say that one of the ways to take the pressure off maybe counterintuitively is to stop with the looking around and start talking to people. Hello. Maybe we move into action, right, Jed?
2: Yeah. I'm going to give you, everybody when it comes to sex stuff, everybody wants a loophole. They want a way that they can you know, get away with it and make it okay and whatnot. I'm going to give you the loophole here. Whoa. The loophole is go talk to these girls. Right. Stop staring at them, because that's creeping everybody out. Just go talk to them, dude. God designed you to behold an attractive member of the opposite sex and want to have something going on there. Yes. That that means everything is functioning as it's supposed to. Correct. Uh, The next step is to go talk to them. Right. is to go... Ha- now, it will be awkward. Yes. You will have butterflies in your stomach. You yes. won't be sure exactly what to say. Yes. You'll try to be smooth. It won't work. She right. will laugh. You'll say, well, I made her laugh. That's something. Yes. We're off to the races. That's, that's it. great, man. That's that's fine. If you go talk to them, yeah. uh, that could result in going on a date with one of them. Whoa. Um and then if you go on a date with one of them, that could result in maybe like being boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. That could result. In At which
0: point you will want to stop referring to her as one of them.
2: One of them. That would not be good. Her name is Christine. Thank you very much. Hello. And then you can start playing kissy face. <laughs> right. That's great. Yep. Thing, you grow, things get better, you get engaged, you get married, yep. then it's sexy time. Right. That's winning. Yes. But the first step is to stop looking, at, uh, to continue looking, but to talk while you look. Yes, yes. don't close yes. your
0: eyes and stumble into these <laughs> <points>. <laughs> <laughs> But, dude. It's holier this way, thud, knock over, trip over, pew. <laughs>
2: Seriously, seriously, seriously. The thing here here's what's actually killing you. What's killing you is not the fact that you find girls attractive. Right. What's killing you is the shame and the self loathing. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's what's killing you. We want to drop the shame. God doesn't agree with it. We want to mm. drop the self loathing. There's nothing wrong with you. Make with the flirting. Yep. That's the godly and yep. holy thing here. Yes. Go go flirt. Yes. Be be debonair. Yes. Go go be that dude. Yes. Hello. I noticed you from afar.
0: Be that guy. Do that in your spirit. In your actual words, say, hi, my name yeah, is, insert where did, your name. Where did
3: Jed get that fedora all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I see you
1: also like the new international version.
0: <laughs> see? see? You got something in common. It's You're international. Working. It's romantic.
1: Yeah, that's right.
2: I feel as though we both enjoy hearing more about Jesus.
1: <laughs> see? There you go. Know.
2: You know.
0: Whatever gets done. Go flirt, Whatever man. leaves it done, but leave Jesus out of your pickup lines.
2: Ah, yeah. you know. Go have some fun. Go flirt with the pretty girl. Ask her to go have coffee and go have fun with it, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and... That's absolutely right, and uh, as we point out a lot of stuff, we're, we're taking this on the gender it was given to us. Uh, same goes for girls. We're not mm, into that general right. crap of sit around and wait until yep. you know somebody breaks the ice. If you only see somebody, you talk to them. You get, you, it's a good way to get rid of the nervous energy. Maybe it doesn't yep. lead to a date, but if you say, I got all this nervous energy and I feel like I can't focus on anything else, there's the old thing if someone tells you don't think about a pink elephant, the only thing you ought to do is think about a pink elephant. So if you're on your drive to the thing, the only thing you're thinking of is, I just really need to pay attention and not stare around and look at the, the members of the opposite sex. That's going to eat your brain. Just talk to somebody on the way in,
2: hit the pressure release valve. To that point, my wife initiated the first conversation we had. My wife came to me, she's mm-hmm. volunteering in the ministry I worked for and said uh i'd love to just grab a cup of coffee and hear more about ministry and what you do and how you got into all that it's beautiful it's lovely what didn't happen is god did not rain down fire from on high right. and say how dare you instigate <laughs> well
1: and you didn't think she was like some sort of uh, like, whoa this is like, or something
2: this is just offensive it's <laughs> like oh pretty girl coffee um yeah act ah, cool act ah, cool how's my breath okay okay um yeah, yeah, yes. Jen yes. like
1: coffee. Jen, yes. <laughs> Gen- Gen- drink coffee with you. Yes. Jen yes. drink coffee. Good coffee. Good. Many times. Yes. It. <laughs> and nailed it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well and you're absolutely right that it is uh, from both sides of this It's absolutely normal and to go back to glenn's point earlier and i'll kick it over to you with this i can prove to you that this is normal and we all know this is going on because in all these campus fellowships you're looking at the flyers and the posters and the brochures are the six most attractive smiley people they could find yeah. to stick on that sure. we all know this is going on let watch help us out on this
3: <laughs> yeah i mean that's why the guys that run the ministries it's why they have the social media profile that they do it's why They make sure that there's pictures of pretty people on the thing. They know that you're going to – they know that you care about that. They know that that's in your head and your heart. They're playing to that to try to get you to come to the thing. That's why when you're looking at the profile, you're looking for that. That's that's why they do that. Everybody knows this, everybody knows that where that is. And that's why as these guys are saying, you got to stop beating yourself up about this. Stop shooting yourself about it. That that mm-hmm. great phrase and do something about it. And then as, you know, part of this when I look at your question, part of it that that really gets me is you you're saying, you know, I'm I'm at these ministries and I can't uh, you know, I I can't focus on worship. I can't You know, I can't even do the thing that I'm there to do. And one of the things I would say on this is, is, you know, as these guys are saying, make a move, start doing something about it. At the same time, one of the things that you can do is kind of change the channel of this whole thing by finding a way to serve. There.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so
3: whether that's going early and setting up chairs or can I carry in equipment? Can I tear down equipment Mm -hmm. after everything's over? You find a way to start becoming um, a a servant in this ministry and it changes that changes the the way that you participate in the ministry because now you have an investment in it. You've invested some energy and some time. You're starting to build relationships with the people that make this thing go. All of a sudden you find yourself in a pregame prayer meeting before this ministry kicks off. That really changes Mm. the way that you view this whole thing. That doesn't mean that you're going to stop looking at girls in the middle of the second song in the worship set, but it probably does mean that it that it does kind of derail some of the some of that pent up energy a little bit, and in in, a, in the way that now you're part of the process. So that's this would be a good way to just not only are we going to uh, start making a move and start start being a part of this, but let's change the channel out of the complete uh, overwhelming nature of this totally normal thing you're experiencing by serving this ministry and see if that doesn't help out.
1: Well, and off of what Lee was saying, if you're volunteering, if you're participating in the ministry, here's one of the things you can do is you can talk to the leaders and say, hey, I think so-and-so is kind of pretty. Yeah. Do you know if she's seeing anyone? Yeah, yeah. you stack can the you deck. Facil- yeah, you th- that, you got to look. Cheating is the main. Got to use the
0: LCM to your advantage. Hat.
1: This is how we've all gotten this far. So you you know you you say, can you work a little introduction? Can exactly. you talk me up a little bit? Absolutely. You? <laughs> exactly. The, you know that's, that's you, you got to find an angle, dude. You can't be sitting around guilting yourself on this stuff. You gotta you gotta
2: work the angles. For example, if a pretty girl says we should go get coffee, you can go to Glenn. And you say, dude, I don't drink coffee, but you see, she told she wants to get coffee. What do I do? And Glenn will tell you. This is what you order at the right. coffee bar right. when you get there. And then you go there and you order that and this very pretty girl will go, Oh, that's actually my favorite drink. And you say, Hey, what can I say? I have taste. And that's uh, yeah, how that's God
0: right. rewards us for listening to
2: Glenn. That's
1: right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh you know, you might have a leader there who can say, you know, can kind of step in there and tell you, you know, hey, you know, uh yeah, she's a real nice gal and, and I'll I'll introduce you and whatever and and can help kind of help you with those jitters and those kinds of things and give you a little, uh, you know, some, some pointers and stuff. So I, I think, you know, the, this idea, that there's this bizarre sense of, well, we got to be friends first. That's got uh-huh, to be. Uh-huh. And the idea behind that is not just that we have to be friends first, but that we can't be anything else yep. until we're friends.
0: Yeah. It's not that that's a way, it's that that's a necessary step.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing is, uh what what this the the, the tidal wave of messages that I get on the Tumblr are all saying this: I became friends with this guy who I think is hot right Boo. now <laughs> yeah, yeah i didn 't want to be his friend right I wanted, I wanted to be his girlfriend, but I became friends with him because I thought that 's what the best and most wonderful way to do that, it, it, you know, whatever, was to be friends first. Well,
0: here's I wanted what, Italian food, so I went to, ma- to the McDonald's, and now they won't sell me spaghetti. What yeah, do I do?
1: And, and now, <laughs> here's the thing is, this guy only sees me as a friend and is dating someone else. So I lost my friend and my potential boyfriend that I thought I was working on here. Yep. And someone else is, you know, uh, 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 cheating. And actually telling him that he's attractive and that he has appeal, and they swooped in and stole my boyfriend that I was friends with instead yep. of being what well, this is it just makes no sense. You could be friends with lots and lots of people that uh, would be totally wrong and incompatible for you to be dating you know you're not your goal is not to make friends with the opposite sex. dating is dating you know you, yeah. the, the, You know, don't let the fact that you're chicken about it uh, make it seem, uh, uh, making a dumb idea uh, seem like it has appeal. And say, okay, I can be friends with them first, and that's all innocent, and that's all whatever, and it doesn't involve me expressing anything. But, you know, you're still just kicking that can down the road. Sooner or later, if you want to date someone, dude, you have to open your mouth and use actual words In English, I like you. Yep. Let us have date now, please. Yep. That moment, you can again. You can put it off, but that's it. it, it, uh, That's a threshold you have to cross in order to get into dating. Uh, We have to begin to be comfortable with that.
0: That's absolutely true. One of the things that uh, Glenn and Jed have shared with um, some of our other friends who were starting off with women who were far far out kicking their coverage was yes. um, you have to understand that everyone is putting their best foot forward on a date. Mm-hmm. That's how dating works. So I, and I bring that up Say say, is the same situation here of you have to understand when there's a little bit of a social contract going on. Yep. You don't go on a first date with someone and assume they're like that all the time. Mm-hmm. If you, if you interview a job interview for a job, the person doesn't think you act like that all the time. Right. So again, we take this back to our friend, the, the youth rally speaker on stage I know he tell again. We know he tells the story of I met her and we were in Bible study, and I just the way she exegeted uh, Second Corinthians was like anything I had ever seen, and I was so drawn to her spiritual maturity. And then we went for ice cream, and then all of a sudden we were dating. Now, in the retelling of that story, this is not necessarily a lie. It's probably a lie, but it's, that's not necessarily a lie. It sounds exactly like it's a lie. It's just using <laughs> a little storytelling, you know, we skip some parts. Mm-hmm. And the part of, and we've been hanging out for a couple weeks, and eventually we had to have a very long conversation defining the relationship because that's what every relationship involves right. is not a particularly compelling part of the story. So we kind of scoot by that. In the same way, you may have heard the same, you know, campus fellowship person, youth rally speaker, youth minister, pastor, whatever, say, you know, I think a lot of you are just coming here for the people of the opposite sex. And by the way, those are the people we put on the poster, and we strategically know that if we have more girls small group leaders than guys small group leaders, that means more girls will come to the larger meeting, which inevitably means more guys will come to the larger meeting. And those are the kind of things we talk about in our uh, planting training, but also, Feel bad about it. Yeah. Right. So you got to know, again, you got to know when you're not really being given a full picture. Right. What, what that leads to in a lot of ways in church culture, and this is a version of that, is pathologizing something that's entirely normal.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You're a young person. You like attractive people of the opposite sex. Perfectly normal. Now, there are people who take that to a way super unhealthy extreme, and that's fine. But that's probably not you. So you look at this and say, oh, how do I stop? I know it's wrong. It's not wrong. There's actually no value judgment at all. What you do with it is right or wrong. Right. And if what you're doing with it is nothing, that le- that's what's leading to the obsession is what we're talking about here. The Just the kind of sitting in the entirely theoretical keeps it front of mind. If it's dealt with, like we've talked about this about kind of and other stuff about anger and forgiveness, you know, there's a process there's working through and then you can set that aside. So if you know, you're going to coffee with so-and-so after the church, after the the meeting, you can focus during the meeting because yeah. you don't need to be looking around at girls because you're going to coffee with so-and-so. So it's, I know that's a little counterintuitive, but you got to understand what's actually going on and don't let people, um, tell you that something that's totally normal is not because that will, that'll get you in a lot of trouble. All right, man. And it's, again, it's one of those things, it's super easy. You're not going to get it the first time, but you can do it. Absolutely. It's it's the continuation of the species. It happens. All right, we move on to the last question here. It comes in an anonymous Twitter Tumblr box. It says, who is our enemy? Dave. (laughs) Oh, wait. no, 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 no. More. Who is our enemy? Jesus says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. However, I'm cool with everybody. I don't have anyone out for my life or to get me. Nice. When Paul wrote the Psalms, his enemy was Saul, so he wrote a lot, a lot of passages asking God to deliver him from his enemy. How does that apply to us today, especially to people like me who have no obvious enemies? Jen, why don't you start us off?
2: Well, this is going to sound a little weird, but I, I promise you it's true. Uh, Jesus talked about the least of these. Uh, some yep. translations use the phrase, the least of my brothers, and he's talking about people that are forgotten, that are left out, that are ignored, abandoned, people who don't have enough to eat, people who are in prison, people who are sick, people who are lonely. Um, and he said that we should go serve those people in his name. Um, it's very, very, very super important. Okay, here's... Matthew
0: 25. Matthew
2: 25. He really hangs a light on it. Here's the weird part. If you go start serving the least of these in Jesus' name, you will have enemies. Yep.
0: Yeah. No
2: doubt about Big it. Time. I guarantee it. And you might be saying, well, how would that work? Because I'm not doing anything wrong. To the contrary, people should tell me that it's beautiful and cheer me on. They won't. Uh, nope. Yep. I guarantee it. If you find wherever you are the least of these in your community and you start doing something to serve them, particularly if you're doing it in Jesus' name, people will come out of the woodwork to have a problem with you. The,
1: the enemy will make sure that that happens.
2: I guarantee it. And the, uh, here's, here's another thing, not, you know, just, uh, I respect you enough to be honest with you, a certain number of those people are going to be blood relations of you. Sure. Just yeah. so you know.
0: Sure.
2: Um, uh, that's just the way it works, dude. Um, I can relate to your question. Uh, it's been a long minute now, but I remember times in my life where I actually wondered the exact same thing. You know, I mean, everybody thinks I'm cool, and you know, I don't really have a problem with anybody, so how, you know, does that, that all mean? Um, and here's the funny thing. I was an incredibly selfish human being. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I I made an art of it. I was really all about me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody thought I was Neato. Right. I mean, liked having me around. That jet guy, he's he's going places. Right. Around the exact moment, I said, you know, I've been kind of a schmuck. I think I'd like to do something, even on a volunteer basis, to help people get off of crack. That's the exact moment the people in my life started saying, that Jed guy is a real jerk, (laughs) and I'm going to tell him about it. Who does he think he is? He (laughs) thinks he's better than all of us. That guy has some nerve. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm I'm just telling you right now, if you yeah. start serving the least of these, and again, that doesn't have to be necessarily poor people. That could be people that are ignored and forgotten. That could be you know, people going through a rough divorce. But if you start serving the least of these in Jesus' name, you will have enemies. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it.
0: Absolutely, Lee, what do you have for us on this?
3: Well, this is going to sound like a very similar thing to what Jed's saying, but it's it's it has a little bit different tint to it, which is, first of all, um, just the idea that keep on living, man, because if you don't have enemies right now, it, sometime you're going to have them. So enjoy this you nice will. little respite and, and wait. But the thing that I would say on this, it's very similar to what Jed was saying, but I was going to say go find some enemies. And what I mean by that is when you get into frontline ministry where you are – where you are serving and loving people and you're a part of their life and you hear their stories and stuff like that, there's another thing that happens when when you get into ministry like that. Like Jess saying, people are going to come out of the woodwork and be against you. But also, as you develop a love for the disenfranchised and the hurting and the lonely and stuff like that, and you hear their stories, all of a sudden you find out that the burden and the love that you have for them means that the people that are their enemies are now your enemies. And you feel, um, uh, (laughs) you feel enraged about the crap that's happened to them in their lives. Um, You know, with my work in particular, you know, I've, I've done some prison ministry like these guys, and not on the same kind of scale, but I've done some of that kind of stuff. And when you hear stories, it's hard not to be really pissed at every single person in those dudes' lives. Um, uh, When I I do a lot of work with, with young folks, with high school folks and college folks, and when I hear certain stories about parents and teachers and coaches who have been highly uncool to people that I love and people that I'm watching grow in the Lord and come to know Him, it is a very, very difficult thing for me not to storm into those classrooms and into those homes and just take people out. Um, I hear that. The the more that you get involved in ministry, you find yourself um, you you find yourself making enemies because you are now you now have somebody's back, and when when you know when when you when somebody's got your back, the people that are uncool to you are now the people that are uncool to them, and so the thing that I would f- say on this is, not only when you get into ministry will you have people that come out of the woodwork just to hate on you. But at the same time, when you get into ministry and to really loving on people, you're going to find that you love them so much that now you have these enemies. And now you've got to figure out what this verse means. Yep. And now you've got to figure out what is Jesus talking about and what would it look like to really love these people who have been so uncool to this brother of mine.
0: That's a lot of good stuff. Glenn I want not close us out on this?
1: Well, yeah, there was a, uh, one of my – uh hero, a, a, a civil rights leader, uh, sort of a, uh, a, a, a progenitor to Martin Luther King, uh, a man by the name of Vernon Johns. And his saying that he's famous for is, find a good fight and get in it. Uh-huh. And uh, I think uh-huh. that's what you need to do. Uh, the Bible says in Luke six twenty six, Woe to you and everyone speaks well of you. So if that's what you're saying, that everyone, you know, you don't have any enemies, uh, whatever, uh, I think think it's high time you got some. Yep. Uh, Find a fight and get in it. Uh, I think it's a great idea to do things uh, that, uh, you know, that are worthy of uh, kicking up a ruckus. I think, uh, 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 and as both Jed and Lee are saying, uh, once you take a stand, Uh, with the oppressed, all of a sudden, uh, things change in your life. There's someone that has a stake in uh, exploiting and mistreating the oppressed somewhere. Yep. Those people are going to come out and find you. You would not believe, I mean, you know, uh, there are tons and tons and tons of people in our lives who are nothing but as sweet as... They could possibly be towards us about what we do, and so we don't want to portray it as, you know, that that we are persecuted in 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 the sense of, uh, or even in the biblical sense of, of you know uh, running for our lives or whatever. But um, there is definitely a contingent of evil that is definitely uh, arrayed against you once you step over that line and take a stand and say I don't I I I am simply taking a stand against this injustice and that's it. Uh people will say and do things to you that they normally wouldn't. Um people uh, uh people will become jealous of you in that. People will feel convicted uh that you're doing something they're they think they're supposed to be doing and they're not doing it. Yeah. So they think that you're putting pain into their life, and they're going to respond to you as if you are attacking them just by you doing something good. That's It sounds weird. It sounds strange. Uh, it's that's, super true, though. It's super, super true. And, uh, you know, um, uh, it, that's part of the experience. That's part of taking a stand. It's part of uh, uh, stepping out in your faith is recognizing that we're that we're meant to fight the good fight as... as Paul put it, we're, we're meant to take a stand. We're, we're meant uh, to be contrary to what the world is doing, yeah. and that doesn't mean sitting around and wagging your finger at evil things. Yep. <laughs> it means taking a stand uh, for what is right. I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it, and here's what I want you to think about. This is the, the, the prescription that I would give you on this, is think of something that all the Christians you know are on, that you know is wrong, and you take a stand against that, yep. that being able to, to, to stand up and say, you all know it's wrong that we're mistreating this homosexual kid. Yep. You all know it's wrong. You can't point to a single Bible verse that says, torture the snot out of this poor kid. You all know it's wrong that we're not letting this mosque build a mosque over here because we just want to persecute those people. Yep. You know that's not moral. You know it's not American. You not you you know that Jesus wouldn't say you know mistreat these people and whatever else. Heck, if we if if we if we love on them, we might flip them. <laughs> so for heaven's sake, yep. you know we're going at this the exact opposite way. Whatever the, whatever the thing is, you know you, you, everyone in this church knows that you know we're Baptists, and there's a Baptist church in the same denomination on an, in another part of town that's filled with people who have a different skin color than, than we do. They have problems paying bills, and we don't. That church can barely stay alive, and we got money shooting out of our ears. That's wrong. Yep. You know it's wrong, I know it's wrong, and if you don't do something about it, I'm going to make such a big fuss, you'll regret the day you decided not to do something about it. The path of least resistance goes around me, not through me. If you take a stand like that, believe me, persecution, things will happen, but it's going. It's, it, it's a view of Christianity that a good Christian goes along with the herd that yeah. follows all the other Christians and does what all the other Christians are doing. That's the thing that I think you're missing in all of this. Yeah. Uh, that that being a good Christian almost always means you have to take that unpopular stand, including, and sometimes
2: especially, with Christians. To build on that, because this is really important, the thing that we're really, all of us are focusing on here is things you're doing as opposed to things that you are just saying, yeah. mm-hmm. right? We're not talking about saying bold, provocative stuff on Tumblr or Twitter. Right. We're talking about going and serving hands and feet. This is what we're, right. So, for example, if you're around Christians that mistreat homosexuals, one thing that you could do... In Chicago, there's a great ministry, they do amazing work, and their whole thing is outreach to um, people that are gay and they're sex workers mm-hmm. in Chicago. Um, that's what
1: Fantastic people.
2: Amazing people. So the thing is, um, we're not talking about um, a, a lot of you know, really strident tweeting. We're talking about go volunteer with that group. That's right. Be in Boys Town at three in the morning, getting people sandwiches, bottles mm-hmm. of water, mm-hmm. do that. The people at your church will find out you're doing that. Right. They will discover it. And then the persecution will come. They will freak out. They will super duper freak out. You have to, there's a time to speak and it's good. You have to have the work before you can speak. Yep, yep. The, the words actually don't mean anything until, until the action is there. So the place you want to start is concrete action. If they're, um, if they're, uh, uh, you know, mistreating, um, you, know, pe- you know, members of the Muslim community, find a way to go volunteer with a group that provides services to recent immigrants and help families that are in need that happen to be Muslim. Go do that. Hands and feet. Action, action, action. Because we want to be crystal clear here. Um, If you are saying jerky things in public forums and people don't like that, that's not persecution. <laughs> I can't right. say that right. uh,
0: loudly yep. or clearly enough. That is people reacting to you being a jerk.
2: Exactly right. <laughs> and if, there
0: is no sentiment nor thought so wonderful and pure that it cannot be expressed in a super jerky way.
2: Exactly right. If you're talking like a jerk and people are calling you a jerk, own it. That's yep. not persecution. That's just what you get. Doesn't matter. Bill rights. whatever. That's just what it is. Well,
0: it's very important that in the Bible, Jesus says... If you blessed are you, if you are persecuted for my sake. Yeah. Not just if people are mad at you for being a jerk. Those yes. are different things. Yes. So to sum that up, that's really is the place to end. We're all talking about, you know, you say I'm cool with everybody, and how do I do I should I have enemies? It's not that we're telling you to go out and look for enemies. If you go out and do the things the Bible tells you to do as far as serving people, the types of people you're being told to serve in the Bible. People who don't like that will come find you.
2: Yes, they will. We don't.
0: What's not likely to happen is this idea of, and this kind of goes to being the jerk thing, is where it's like, you know, I just wrote a Facebook post about how Target is in league with Satan because they don't gender their toy advertisements anymore. <laughs> <It don't laughs> and, work. you know, all these people persecuting me for it. Stop no, persecution. that's a stupid opinion. You express it in a jerky way, and people didn't like that. And Jesus is nowhere up in that. There's this idea that to have enemies means, you know, the atheists will come, you know, Richard Dawkins himself will show up at your door and (laughs) shut. No. We look at the people that oppose Jesus in the New Testament— all religious folk, yep. uh-huh. the more religious, the more they oppose it, <laughs> mm-hmm. the more religious and the more money they made from being religious, the way more they opposed it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You start living the way Jesus did. You're going to, is you know, Jesus talks about, can you drink of the cup I drink of and taking up his yoke? And that involves church people not liking that you're doing things that help people. Yep. The easiest way to get started on that? Go help people then you'll be in a conundrum If you will ha- have to learn how to work with and love on church people. You also learn that maybe there are some church people who are massively full of crap and you don't need to listen anymore. And that's an important lesson for all of us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So if you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com thebridgechicago.tumblr.com You can always sign up for Bridgebox. $8 a month. Sports ministry. Get a lot of cool stuff for yourself. Missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. We're going to take you out with one of a song originally uh, generated for Bridgebox. Lead wrote this song many years ago. It's a version of Red from a group called East End Circus called You Took My Place. A lot about, we talked, you know, about Jesus taking our place on the cross, talked about Jesus being our enemy, so it's a really great worship song. You're going to enjoy it, so we're going to take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
1: let's say that podcast, the original episodes are way better than the prequels. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>